DCI Spring Training Coverage is presented by Digital Performance Gear and WinterGuard Tarps. This is your Field Pass with DCI's Dan Potter. This is your Field Pass for Wednesday, June 20th, 2018. The step-off of the 2018 Drum Corps International season is tomorrow night. The DCI Tour premiere at Ford Field in Detroit. And that means it's time for us to do a little show prep. Time to call DCI Artistic Director Lee Carlson for his summaries of what last year's top 12 world-class cores are putting on the field this year. Lee, it seems like every year the competition to be that 12th spot is more tight, more intense closer scoring groupings and i guess we really have no reason to expect anything different this year i'm sure we don't i've talked to so many cores and they've all had a great spring training their move-ins have been great and they're very excited about where they are so i think it's going to be another barn burner is there anybody you would draw our attention to in particular we have a new world core music city this is their 10th year of competition and now are becoming a world core and they've got a a show that i think the crowd will really get into it's uh Casey Jones, so their show will be built around the train theme, and it should be an exciting way to break into the uh, world class. So I'm very pleased with where they're going, and they've got a new uh, full-time director in uh, Kent Baker, and I think that uh, they're going to be one of those shows, or one of those cores where the people will walk away and say, that was a fun show, and I, I think they're going to make a nice entrance into the world class, so that's exciting. I noticed Mandarins are going to debut new uniforms. Their show uh, Life Right After and Right spelled R-I-T-E. It's built on the Rite of Spring, and at the end of that ballet, the dancer dances herself to death, and they're going to start with a dancer that dances herself to death and then look at what happens to her in the next realm. Um, it, it should be exciting looking at um, gift of acceptance and the, uh, they're going to use the doxology to make some of the transitional moments, uh, the transition from her into the next. So it's exploring what happens right after the moment of death and how that ex affects the artist in us. Their shakos will be looking like horns. The guard's going to be in, in red and the core are all in blacks. So it should be uh, a very dramatic, very um, moving show. Okay, so for the rest of World Class, what we're going to do is work our way through last year's top 12, starting with number 12 in 2017, the Madison Scouts, who made news during the offseason by announcing early on they would have a female soloist this year, Megan Hutera. The name of their show is Heart and Soul. What do you know about it? Well, they're going to literally um, produce a heart, and we'll see blood flowing through the heart at the beginning of the show. So they're going to explore... Um, the beating of the heart and the racing of the heart and develop from the heart into the soul. So the first part of the show is introducing the heart, the physical and the metaphysical part of the heart, and then continue through that to what the soul means to us and, and, and what's going on and, and, and looking for a soulmate and then a lost soul and um, heart and soul. They're using some Danny Elfman and some music from Sting that um, I, I'm very excited about hearing. It sounds like uh, they've got their act together. Um, the, the female soloist will represent the soul and will be standing out at times from the uh, the core and at other times uh, be a part of it. I think it's a um, 
you know, there's a lot of controversy one way or the other on whether a girl should be at Madison Scouts, and it's 2018. I'm all for it. Well, it certainly got people talking about them a lot during the offseason. I don't know if they would have received that much attention without that. So in that regard, it has a lot of people anxious to see what they're going to do with it. When, when you described a heart on the field, the first thing I thought of was being in a children's museum when you go through one of those giant walk-through hearts. Are we going to see kind of, here's a, a symbolic heart, the Valentine's heart we're all familiar with, and then here's a more realistic depiction of the heart that's beating in our chest right now? Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, from what I understand, we're going to see the heart that's within our body, and the color guard is in red, and they will represent the blood as it goes through wow. uh, the aorta, and uh, literally being able to see that, and then wow. how it transposes into the soul part of us. It should be an exciting journey, and we all know Madison's uh, energy and the, their love for performance, so I'm just excited about seeing what the gentleman and the lady of the Scouts will bring to 2018. Crossman came in 11th in 2017, their show this year called The In-Between, uh, featuring music from Elton John, from R.E.M., Tchaikovsky, and some original stuff from Andrew Markworth, who's been with the Corps now for several years. A couple of reasons they're incredibly excited. I talked to Ed Devlin just last week, and the fact that they are now moving in the same time the other Corps. In the past, they've been a week late, so they feel very good about where they are, and excited about being able to uh, go on the road with the full show. They open in um, Canton next weekend. Uh, so they're excited about getting out of Texas with that heat. Who can blame them? Hmm. Um, but it, I think it's going to be a, an exciting show. I've seen actually seen their drill. They're using an hourglass to realize about our last hour on Earth and how we connect uh, to the next plane. And uh, it, it should be a discovery of life and death in the hourglass. Their set pieces will be broken hourglasses to represent the souls that have already passed. It should be a, a different take on uh, what happens after death. I mean, Mandarins uh, and Crossman are approaching kind of the same concept, but yeah. completely opposite spectrum of, the, uh, of how they're interpreting it and how they're going about it visually and musically. You mentioned Crossman Energy, and I, this gives me an opportunity to talk about a guy that I don't get to talk about enough on the field pass, but I've known him for like 30 years, and, and when Brian Bosco Brown works with your core or your marching band or your winter guard, you get this Bosco Energy that is just infectious. He's, he is one of the best cleaners and motivators I know around. He's been with Crossman for a couple of years now, and, and he, he certainly imparts his own flavor on the core. Absolutely. He embodies energy. I wish I could have half of his energy at this point in my life. He's one of those people that connect to the, the performers and are able to take them up a level in performance quality and understanding how to communicate to the audience. He's really, uh, you, you said it right, the energy level that he brings um, to the core is outstanding. And he's just, um, and he's a super great human being. Yeah. Yeah. Good combination there. All right, to the Blue Stars, who, Lee, I think the Blue Stars are becoming the Mike Rowe of drum corps. It seems like every show is somebody's job, and, and this year it's the once and future Carpenter. The interesting thing about their opener, when it was explained to me, everyone on the field, the color guard, the percussion, the brass, uh, will be dressed exactly the same. And at the beginning, you won't know who is who because they won't be carrying their equipment, and then they'll develop into... Uh, getting their equipment and, ide and identifying 
what part of the Corps they are. And they will look like carpenters out there. And there will be costume changes throughout the show to help represent the color guard, the percussion, the brass. Um, but they're, they're going to open with We Only Just Begun. So it should be, um, you know, uh, songs like Close to You, Rainy Days and Mondays. It, it's going to be a very uh, accessible show. And again, the, the brilliance that is Michael Shapiro will be uh, uh, all over it. And when I talk to him, he's a very level person. But the voice and excitement that he had for this project is different. I've known Michael for years, and he's very excited about getting this out there and making sure that the performers understand who they are. And he, he writes some ridiculous color guard stuff that it's, you see it and you go, oh, no, you just can't do that. And there it is. Huh. So uh, I'm very excited, again, about for their opener. This is going to be, a, a, again, such a different look and a different feel. The cores are all finding their identities and just bringing it this year. I made a comment about judging used to be apples and oranges, and now it's, you know, Volkswagens and avocados. So <laughs> it, it, it's going to give the judges a challenge. So it'll be fun. I remember that quote from a previous field pass. I, I, think, <laughs> I think we'll all remember that quote. That's going to be your bathing in chocolate, I, I think. All right. <laughs> Uh, Phantom Regiment last year, definitely a rebuilding year for Phantom. They uh, came in ninth this year, the show called This New World. We've seen many of us, I think, the uniform reveal, uh, kind of halfway between a costume and a uniform. There's a hood attached to it, a kind of a monochromatic uh, color scheme to it. Uh, they still can wear their helmets when they you know, choose to. I don't know if they will in the show or not. I've seen them wear them in parade. Uh, so uh, the uniform certainly s says Phantom Regiment to me. What about the show? Well, they're going to transform us into a, a place, a new world where we haven't been. Um, they're going to use New World Symphony, but we're going to go in with wonderment, trying to understand where we have been dropped in and understand that we are in a new place. And there's a point of wonderment uh, and then uh, going to use their form development to create wide open spaces and the, the, the difference from uh, texture and density to huge open spaces. Uh, so then there will be a point where there is, they become uncomfortable and chaotic and uh, try to figure out what you do now that you're in this new world. For those people that have seen their costumes, the thing that impressed me most about them is that individually the costumes are really very literal and linear or black and white. And then when they're together, it creates a whole different look and a whole different feel, even though they're the same costumes. And as when I talked to Will Pitts about the whole project, they were not planning to use the uh, helmets at all. But somewhere in their show, they have hoods on their costumes or their uniforms, and they will all be in hoods. That should be an exciting new look for Phantom. Yet they're still connecting with the symphonic, the new world, the feeling that we all know and love Phantom for. And Phantom, not that they ever need a well from which to draw their emotion, but the passing of Dr. Dan Richardson during the offseason, I believe it was in January, he was such a father figure for this Corps and such a, a, a spiritual and uh, motivational leader for Phantom Regiment. I would imagine that their season has a little bit extra passion behind it this year. Oh, it has to. And that the impact that Dan had on drum corps was uh, pretty incredible. I know that he had a huge impact on me back in the days when I was teaching. It's a massive hole that they're going to uh, have to, to live with for a while, but it's one of those things. This is They'll turn yeah. it into motivation. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's exactly what he would want. Last yeah. year's number eight, The Blue Knights, The Fall and Rise, the name of their show, The Fall and Rise. I've seen uh, their costumes. They are definitely costumes. There, there's some dots on there that kind of allude to, to the Blue Knights logo. Iconic. Their yep. But yep. this is, is, I think I see a scarab on the drum major's uniform. Is this going to be an, kind of an Egyptology type show? Absolutely. Um, at one point in ancient Egypt, um, they had been uh, worshiping many, many gods. And then uh, one of the pharaohs came in and said, no, we have one god, and that god is Ra, the god of sun. So they're going to look at, the, when it says fall and rise, it literally means sunset, sunrise. The Egyptians felt that once the sun went down, it went into the underworld to fight the evil spirits and to fight um, enemies. And then in the morning, it came up victorious. So uh, that's kind of where they're going to go with it. The, uh, the use of color in this, Tommy Keenan's eye to see the, uh, the use of colors in the blue of the Nile and the gold of the, uh, ah. the sarcophagus of the leaders. It should, again, be a completely different look on the ritual aspects of Egyptian culture. The thing that I think is very clever about it is that they're starting with sunset and going into the underworld. Lee, I was out in Ada, Ohio a week and a half ago at the cadets camp, uh, talked extensively to Drew Shanefield and brought those comments to listeners on the, on the field pass about their show, The Unity Project. I think I, on the most basic level, understand it. The show starts out in disunity and ends up in unity. But that is really an oversimplification of what's going on with the cadets this year. We all know what they've been through, and the story of the 2018 cadets is what this Unity Project is all about. Uh, the vastly diverse quality that they have, the diversity they have from uh, their members and the way they bring that energy and power of the individual and bring it into the whole. It should be um, a very emotional connection. The one thing that they want to look at is that, uh, Mark, we're all different. We're all very different. But at the end, uh, we're all the same. So that's what they're going to uh, display throughout their show. I think the cadets are going to be on a great path this summer of enjoyment and entertainment for all of us to see. This is your Field Pass, the official podcast of Marching Music's Major League. All right, Lee, we move into last year's top six. Boston Crusaders were number six in 2017 with a show that took everybody's breath away. And uh, this year the show is called SOS. I guess we're heading out to sea. You're waking up on an island. Ah. You've been uh, thrown into a situation where you're not really sure where you are. The distress and, and understanding that you've now been washed up on an island and how, what's going to happen, how is it going to develop. They're going through concepts of how did we get here and there would be some panic. And the first instinct is to cry for help. Um, and we're going to see their fire back. But this year their fire is um, a, a situation where it – create success that they've finally they've gotten onto this island and now they've been able to create fire so that brings somewhat of a uh, comforting moment to them um, and then then they realize that there there's a group of them and everyone's red lord of the flies and that type of a situation is going to be created through staging and through the music so that there will be um, how do you coexist human to human um, and complete unraveling of society because of where you are and how do you pull it back together. The three parts of the, uh, the field 
are ocean, land, and sand. And uh, the ocean is the middle section. So you've got the island, and then you've got where you've come from, all on the field. So that should be very interesting. And they're going to resolve it with the, the salvation, that they've survived this. And they're using amazing grace. That will be that they've been found. So there's amazing grace to it. And um, land, fire, and water will be uh, very prevalent in the, the visual and the idea of what they're doing and how it transforms from realizing you're on an island, how do we cope with this, and now we've been found. So it's going to be quite a journey in a very short amount of time. So uh, Keith Potter uh, has some vision for this that I think is going to to be uh, very uh, accessible, and the crowd will understand where you're going on this uh, journey and how how it results in interrelationships and in relationships from the singular to the whole. I need to point out that both cadets who we were just talking about and the Boston Crusaders are both playing Sylvester Reveltis Sensamaya. In the cadets show, it's early on in the show, and it's a dissonant arrangement of Sensamaya that uh, serves to kind of amplify the disunity in the, the Unity Project. So how's Boston using that? It's in the center of their show. That's the portion where the Lord of the Flies is implied and learning to get along with each other and how, how do we handle the relationship? We're all on this island now. How are we going to make this work? Gotcha. That type of thing. And then they think they know how to, it works and then it just kind of falls apart. So uh, that will be an interesting section and I believe that's where that music is being used. Okay, I don't know how we talk about this next one. We know their repertoire, but uh, over the last few years, the Blue Coats have developed a penchant for being the mystery men and women and uh, not revealing their full show concept until, uh, until opening night. Well, uh, I, I did stop by Blue Coats camp in Marion, Indiana. They wouldn't talk to me much about the show. I, can, I don't think I'm speaking out of school by saying there are going to be some big props <laughs> because we've well, kind of come to expect that from Blue Coats, haven't we? What can you tell us, Lee? Well, I've had several conversations with Dean Westman, and the exciting thing about the Blue Coats with their props this year, Michael Rayford, um, who's been around drum corps for a long time, and his job in life is stage setting. So they brought him on board to, to create the, the uh, stage set and how what can be done with it. Um, Dean has sent me pictures and threatened uh, many things to me if I show them to anyone. But I'll guarantee you that the scale of what they're using, and it's something you'll, you'll know what it is immediately. The pictures that uh, he sent, they are exploring space and balance. Um, like they have in the past, but with a whole different um, set and process to their uh, development. And of course, with John Vanderkoff there, you're going to get uh, the marriage of the music and the visual that we expect uh, from the Blue Coats. To last year's number four, the Cavaliers, this year on the field on madness and creativity. A lot of music in their book this year, lots of different tunes. When Danny Wiles and I talk, the one thing that is, I am excited about hearing is they're using um, Bolero, but they're unraveling Bolero. Um, and it should be a, an exciting adventure visually and uh, musically on how they use a, a piece of music that is so iconic and we all know. And they're taking a whole different turn on it. 
they're going to use some music from A Beautiful Mind, the gentleman's energy, and their commitment to performance and their commitment to give 100% to the audience should bring this out. And the range of expressive uh, characters from the incredible genius to the madness uh, that they're giving the gentleman this year should be uh, quite an adventure in 12 and a half minutes. Mike McIntosh's brilliance will be there through their, their audio and how they're connecting all of that yeah. uh, to the audience. And that was one of the things Danny talked about was getting the performers to really connect and give. And it's like, okay, you did that last year. So if you're taking it to a new height this year, we all need to strap in. It'll be fun. I, I have nothing to base this on but last year. And I'm wondering if, if maybe you can shine some light on it. Danny and, and the team had such success last year by mashing up Mars from Gustav Holtz's The Planets with Frank Sinatra's My Way. Right. Uh, and I'm looking at the music here and I'm thinking, hmm, Bolero with Oh What a World. Are we going to hear another Cavaliers mashup this year? I think it's going to be one of those where uh, you're going to go, no, you can't use those two pieces of music. Oh, yes, you did. You ah. were great with it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be one of those that you're not going to expect it to work, but, you know, salt on a caramel. <laughs> there we go. Now we're getting into the food analogies, something I can understand. <laughs> you know I'd have to eventually. So. <laughs> okay, on to last year's number three, Carolina Crown. This year fielding a show called, and they just had their show reveal here a few days ago, Beast. And I love the uniform design. For years, everyone has said that horn line is just the beast. So what they've done is taken what we've all kind of perceived as the beast of a horn line, and now we're going to see the beast. Their set pieces are literally bones and teeth spread across the field, and the, the costumes will work right into that, and um, we'll be exploring um, just what can be done with the uh, finale from the Eighth Symphony. Uh, it, it's going to be, again, one of those situations where uh, only Crown can sound like Crown, and they're going to not only take advantage of it, but um, throw that in our faces. And I, I can't think of anything that would be more exciting than standing in front of the Crown horn arc and listening to that right on the 50. So it's going to be, uh, again, the, the concept of beast and the horn line that's such a beast. And, of course, the color guard is a beast and the percussion is a beast. So it should be a beastful season for them. <laughs> well, so. yeah. Is there a storyline <laughs> that you know of? Yeah. They're going to go through uh, mythical forest feeling at times. They're creatures of fright and flight. So they're going to look at the difference between fright and flight within the creature realm, the world of the beast. Does that, I hope that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I'm sure it will when we see the show. So right, right. <laughs> I, I don't have to fully understand the concept to go to the show and go, oh, yeah, all right, yeah. Well, yeah. I, again, when I talked to Rick Subel about it, he's very excited. He just came off a great um, Winter Guard season, and he talked to me about some things, and he says, you, you can say that, you can't say that. So I'm a little okay. – uh, I, I don't want to reveal anything that I'm not supposed to. We'll see all – we'll all see this uh, Thursday night. Santa Clara Vanguard had such a great 2017 with Ouroboros, made a run for gold that uh, you didn't know until the very last moment on finals night for sure that they hadn't gotten it. It was really an exciting season for them last year. And in 2018, they are following up with a show called Babylon. I had uh, an opportunity to speak with Scott Coder at length, and 
Um, at that time, there was no title. But the, the whole concept of their show this year is what it is to be a vanguard. Respect and focus. They're going to work on showing us what uh, the vanguard, those performers, and they have a different approach to drum corps than some of the other the cores with the, the concept of the um, the field is sacred. You don't go on the field before you're told to go out there. Rehearsals, um, they are very structured. Um, they're very uh, connected to the, the concept of what Vanguard was, is, and will be. And I think that's, that's kind of what they're going to show us. Now, they took us to a great place last year with their set pieces and the movement of those set pieces. And they're, they're, they've got some things up their sleeve to do that again. They've been um, in camp in Northern California, and they've had a bit of an advantage because their weather has been uh, cold, if anything. And most of the cores in the Midwest or the South would be, oh, that would be wonderful for one cold night. So um, it, it's a, a journey of what a young person goes through when they start to enter the core and what they uh, get out of being a member of the core. So there will be visual and emotional styles changes. Their costuming is going to be very interesting. It's, uh, it's inspired by what's going on currently right now. It's stuff right off the runway. And they're going to use a, the props as a muse to highlight a symbolic metaphor for a bridge of separation and then nestling together and coming together. Uh, my body is a cage as part of their music. And it's going to be the journey of what it's taken to create the vanguards from back in the 60s to what, what they had last year. And now this is it. Santa Clara has a, an audience anywhere they go. And I, I think they're, they're going to continue that. And you're going to, if you look at it, I think it'll take a rating or two for the, the audience to really understand this is what it's all about to be a Vanguard. Now, Michael Gaines came back as Vanguard's artistic director last year, but he has taken over helm of writing the entire drill this year. So if you've been waiting for the return of a full-on Michael Gaines visual package to the field, it's Santa Clara Vanguard in 2018. Michael is one of the most humble and creative people on, on the planet. We're all excited about seeing where he will take Santa Clara this year. All right, we have made it to last year's number one, the Blue Devils. Their show this year is called Dreams and Nighthawks. There's not a whole lot published about this show so far, Dreams and Nighthawks. It's based on the Edward Hopper painting. If you have had anything to do with art history or even... Um, an art appreciation course, you will know this painting. It's a diner, um, and, and it is two or three in the morning, and there are three people in the diner, and the light comes in. I mean, it's, it's a very iconic Edward Hopper painting. And another interesting sidetrack to this is the painting is at the Art Institute in Chicago, and the Blue Devils have uh, a, a range that they're, they're going to take the core to see the painting. Uh, on a free day this summer. So I think that's exciting. But um, I can't reveal the ending, which I, I wish I could. But it, it, it will take a while to evolve, Scott said, but, so it won't probably be on the field in totality for a while. But they, they're doing something, again, no one's done. And it, it's, um, it, it's going to be an interesting intellectual, emotional trip that they're going to take us on. And I, I, again, it's a Nighthawks by Edward Hopper. If the listeners don't know it, you'll Google it and you'll see it and you go, oh yeah, I know that painting. So it's going to be um, 
really exciting to delve into the personalities of the people, uh, the backstories of why they're there. And uh, emotionally, intellectually, and aesthetically, it's all going to come together. DCI Artistic Director Lee Carlson. I know we've barely scratched the surface of the 2018 Coors Productions in this podcast, but you can find much more right now at dci.org, where we've been posting core capsules with more on the source music and thoughts behind many of this season's most anticipated shows. The DCI Tour premiere is tomorrow night, June 21st at Ford Field in Detroit. The Blue Stars, Phantom Regiment, Boston Crusaders, Blue Coats, the Cavaliers, and Carolina Crown get the season rolling with our live Fathom Events Cinecast to hundreds of theaters nationwide. Get tickets right now at DCI.org. I'm Dan Potter. I'll be your announcer in Detroit. Let's get this season started already. I'll see you at the stadium.